What's up, guys? It's Arif, and this is Arsh, and welcome to the Two Brothers and Their Sports podcast. We interviewed Dr. Don Buford last week. This week, we're going to interview Marshall Thundering Herd offensive lineman Ethan Driscoll. We're also going to talk about the Super Bowl 56 picks between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Then we're going to talk about James Harden being traded to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, who's going to the Nets. And then finally, all the NFL honors with MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Offensive Rookie of the Year. Let's start with our much-awaited Super Bowl picks. So it's the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams, and it's on Sunday, February 13th. My personal pick for this game, I think it's a really close game. I expect it to be pretty high-scoring, average to pretty high-scoring. Um, but I'm going to pick the Rams here. Now, the reason I say that is because the Rams' front four, front five actually, depends on who they blitz. With Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, obviously, Von Miller, who's been Super Bowl MVP before, who's been in this situation before, um, and Jalen Ramsey, who I think might get beat a couple times by Jamar Chase. I expect Jamar Chase to have a big day, but that's exactly, it. even though that's the case, the Rams' front four is going to get uh uh, a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow that's going to give him very little time to throw and we've seen this season when Joe Burrow doesn't have that much time to throw he doesn't play as well and so and he took nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans and somehow they came away with that because um because Ryan Canhill played pretty bad but that brings me to my second point which is that Matthew Stafford actually is a better quarterback than Ryan Canhill we all know that Matthew Stafford could have been the MVP conversation um and with Megatron and Cooper Cup he's posted two He's let two wide receivers have top 10 incredible, I mean, top three incredible wide receiving seasons. So I think him, Cooper Cup are going to be pretty, I think they're going to be, they're going to showcase their chemistry. But I think OBJ is actually going to have a bigger stat line because they're going to be focusing on Cooper Cup too much. Yeah, I disagree. I think that this is going to be a not great game. I disagree with your point about Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase will not do great. He had an okay game last game, but T. Higgins did a lot better, and I think that it's going to be the same thing. It's veteran versus youngster for cornerback versus wide receiver, Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. I think that Jalen Ramsey will do a lot better and be able to smother him. But T. Higgins, one-on-one, 6-6. He'll he'll be able to win those one-on-one and jump balls. And then I think that the Bengals... Also, the youngster for the QB, Joe Burrow, which I don't think, I think that the O-line is going to be a problem, that there's going to be a lot of pressure, but he's nicknamed Joe Cool for a reason. He stays cool, calm, and collected in the pocket, and he'll be able to make the throws that he needs. I don't think that'll force a lot of things, and T. Higgins will be his main wide receiver. On the other hand, it's the veteran, Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup is playing amazing this season. I believe the best season for a wide receiver ever in pro Over Calvin Johnson? Yeah, over Calvin Johnson. So I'm going to have to go with the Bengals winning this game 31-27 to in a close game. I think the Bengals will get ahead early, and then the Rams will try to make a furious comeback, but it won't be good enough fast enough. And it's going to be a really, really good game. Okay, so you picked the Bengals. I forgot to give my score prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be 24-16 Rams. And I think Evan McPherson, we've seen how good he's been playing um, recently as a kicker. He's actually been one of the main factors the past three games. But I expect him to miss a kick, and I think that will really set the Bengals off course. Um, but Arsh, you said Joe Joe Cool's nickname, Joe Burrow's nickname is Joe Cool because he's con cool collecting in the pocket. I thought that's because he comes... Isn't that because he comes back from so many deficits and he's so calm? Yes, I think I don't well, think it's because he's calm in the pocket. I do think it's because he's calm in the pocket. I think inside the pocket, while it's, um, while it's collapsing, he's like Big Ben in that part 
where Big Ben will stay in there until the last moment he can. I think it's the same with Joe Burrow. He's not afraid to get sacked. He's been sacked so many times this year. Last year, yeah, his that's season why he took ended, nine against the Last year, he's his season ended on a sack, and with the ACL tear on the sack. So he he's dealing with a lot of sacks, yet he's still able to carry this team on his back. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen. And then Joe Mixon will also be a pretty big part. And the Rams will not be able to get much running yards. And they're going to have to pass to get back in this game because the Bengals are going to go up quickly. Who is the best player in the Super Bowl? I think the best player in the Super Bowl is going to be Cooper Cup. I think that the Bengals are going to have tough... It's going to be tough for them to control Cooper Cup after the first couple drives. I think the first couple drives, their offense will stall. And the Bengals' offense will do a lot of good things on offense the first couple drives. And then Cooper Cup will start to get going. And I think there's no way you can stop Cooper Cup. But you can limit him. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen. I think he's going to go over a buck 100. But it won't be enough. Higby's not going to be playing. So their backup tight end is going to be in. And then OBJ, I think he'll do okay. You can't limit these Rams wide receivers. Sorry, you can't stop them. But you can limit them. And I think that's exactly what the uh, Bengals corners and their safeties will do. And you can't limit T. Higgins? I no. You I can think, limit you can limit OBJ, but you can't li- limit T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Yes, sir. That's what I think. I think that T Higgins is going to be able to get really wide open. I think he's been playing great football last game. You can't tell me that the Chiefs Bengals are horrible. So I'm wait, sorry, basically, the Chiefs I, corners are horrible, and yet T Higgins had six for one hundred three. So he, I think he'll be able to repli- replicate that. Maybe do a little bit better with more receptions. I think he'll be able to do that for this team in the Super Bowl. And he'll do what he did a couple weeks ago when uh, Jamar Chase wasn't playing great. T. Higgins had like 200, 300 yards. And that's when everyone started talking about how good the Bengals wide receivers were. Okay, I I think the big, going back to my question to you, I think that the most important, I mean the best player in this game, not the most important, the most important is Joe Burrow, are Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. But the best player in this game is Aaron Donald. That's not a question. You, He's a nose tackle, had almost 13 sacks a season, 12.5 to be exact, which is more than any other uh, defensive tackle in the NFL. Not defensive end, defensive tackle, so he's in the middle of the D-line. He's not going on the edge to get the quarterback like T.J. Watt. He's going through the middle, through consistent double teams to get to the quarterback. So, yes, I do think Aaron Donald's the most important player in this game over, I think, over Von Miller, over Cooper Cup, because I think OBJ will have a bigger stat line than Cooper Cup in this game because they'll be focusing on Cooper Cup too much. But I do think that Aaron Donald, we've seen he's he's been to seven straight, he's seven straight first-team All-Pros, and he's been in the league for eight seasons. Let that sink in. He's won three Defensive Player of the Years. He's going to make this a living nightmare for Joe Burrow, and it's going to be the longest night that Joe Burrow's had in a while, in, in either in the last two years, I think. Besides that game against Washington, this is going to be one of the longest nights Joe Burrow's had on the football field. And that's going to be partly, mainly due to Aaron Donald, and that takes me to the, my next point, which is defense wins championships. And so I expect the Rams' defense to carry, the, not carry the offense, because the offense is good, but I expect the Rams' defense to be the main thing that limits a very potent offense, which is the Bengals' offense. I expect Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp, and I think it's great. Eric Waddle's calling the plays. It's a really it's come full circle basically, and I that's such a great story. But Von Miller and Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines, 
So all of those players are going to come together and make it a living nightmare for Joe Burrow in this game. So this was a blockbuster deal. This happened just hours before the NBA trade deadline. James Harden and Paul Millisap are going to the, the Sixers, and Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks are going to Brooklyn. As a Rockets fan, I'm really upset we didn't trade for Ben Simmons because looking at this trade, two first-round picks and three, two really good players and one really, really good player, I got, the Rockets traded James Harden for like a ham and cheese sandwich. It was like nothing compared to this. And the Nets are getting a great return. So if I had to choose one team that got it better than the other, I'm going to have to go with the Brooklyn Nets. Now they have a really... Over the 76ers? Yep. Now they're contenders. They're really high contenders. They were before, and they still are. But the the Sixers are not contenders. Even though they have Harden and Embiid, I don't think that they're as big as contenders as the Nets. What? It's you, Ben wait, Simmons, wait, wait. Or it's Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And now they're also getting Seth Curry, who's a sharpshooter, and Andre Drummond as their center. That's a really, really good lineup. Okay, I agree with you that the 76ers are getting, I mean, the Nets are getting a better deal. But the 76ers are better positioned to win a championship. They just are. They have James Harden, who's arguably the best three-point shooter in the NBA. Are you serious? Yes, I am serious. Really? Yes. Better than Steph Curry? I said arguably. And then also... Okay. Uh, and then also Joel Embiid, who's who's leading the NBA in points per game right now. And then you have uh, also on the outside, you have Tobias Harris and so many other great players on the 76ers that have really... Tyrese Maxey's come into his own. He had 24 points last night, and he re, he was a really good complimentary piece to Joel Embiid. And now we've seen how happy Joel Embiid about this, is about this trade. Yes, I know that the 70... And the, keep in mind... The 76ers did all this without Ben Simmons. Now they, they're they not even... Technically, they haven't lost anything because Ben Simmons wasn't playing already. So now that Ben Simmons, he's gone, but they get someone else for him. So James Harden, and I think James Harden, Joel Embiid, is the best combination in the NBA. I think they just are. They're such... They're, both of them are so lethal. One in the paint, one outside. And I we see James Harden when he's actually trying. He is a very good player. So I think it's a better deal for the 76ers. So now onto the NFL honors, and I think many people were looking forward to this. NFL MVP, and this year it was Aaron Rodgers, second straight MVP award, yep. fourth in his career. And I think, obviously Aaron Rodgers did not have the success he wanted to in the postseason, which matters more than the MVP award. But it's still great to have the MVP award. We saw it at his at Aaron Rodgers' speech, he talked a lot about the Packers and the players and the coaching staff and how great of an impact and how um, how they let him play as well as he did. So I think he had only four touchdowns, which was down from five. I mean, only four interceptions, which was down from five interceptions last year, which is incredible. He had the best touchdown-to-interception ratio. And yes, I do think he should have won MVP, but this is what I'll say about that. He Yes, he should have won MVP because it's a quarterback-dominated um quarterback-dominated award. Yes, he should have won MVP, but because of default. No one, no other quarterback, if, take take Tom Brady, for example. If Tom Brady had just put up, if Tom Brady took his team to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's winning that award. If Tom Brady just, if Tom Brady just passed for a little, for barely more touchdowns, he would have won that award. It was just because, by default, there was not an incredible quarterback in the field this year. And yes, you can make the case for Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor or um, even Patrick Mahomes. But 
I think Aaron Rodgers just won it by default this year. Yeah, I think that I actually disagree with you. I I I agree with the selection. Obviously, it was Aaron Rodgers. There's no disputing that. But I think that it should not have been. I think that TB12 led the league in touchdown passes, and he led the league in um, passing yards, third most passing yards of all time. And he, like I said, led the league in touchdown passes. Definitely the best quarterback of of one of the best seasons he's ever had, and he is the GOAT, undisputedly. And also, um, TB12, you know um, who Pro Football Focus is, the guys who rate all the players for each week. They they saw stats, and they ranked TB12 the MVP easily, and I totally agree. His stats were just too good this season not to be the MVP. It's TB12, and he played so great this season. I think he definitely deserved it. TB12, I know what he did against the Saints, yelling at the opposing D coordinator. That should not have happened. Agreed. But he did, and now it's happened already. Just by QB play, I think TB12 just did better. So I think that the guy who should have won the MVP award is TB12. And now let's move to Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player and Offensive Player of the Year were TJ Watt and Cooper Cup, respectively. Totally agree with both. You could make a case for JT for Offensive Player of the Year, but I got Cooper Cup. Okay, I I I agree as well. I think Cooper Cup had an incredible season. He we we all know the the he had arguably one of the best wide receiving seasons ever. Arsh, I know you think it's you you would argue it's the best ever, but I would argue it's the second best behind Calvin Johnson. And but I it, I think it's really interesting to note the common denominator for both of those wide receiving seasons. Their quarterback Matthew Stafford, and I think that's just really interesting. It might play a role. It might not. But that the impact that Matthew Stafford had on both those wide receivers is incredible, and that season, those seasons were incredible. But I think yes, over nineteen hundred yards, over two thousand three hundred yards in total this year, including the postseason. He's had, I think, seventeen touchdowns, sixteen or seventeen touchdowns. Yeah, something like that. And then he's had over one hundred forty receptions, I think. So he. He did easily deserve this award. I think Jonathan Taylor was a front runner until Cooper Cup was like, "No, I'm going to take this award," and he really took it. He caught a slant and ran away with the award. So yes, I think he should have won. Now on to Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt. Arsh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I agree. I know some people say Michael Parsons, and even though I'm a Cowboys fan, I still agree that uh, T.J. Watt won. He should have gotten the sack record. There was one sack where he was not credited. Otherwise, he would have broken the sack record. And I think that easily, a guy that's that dominant, and I think he missed three or four games, and yet he's... He did. He missed two games, and he still tied the record. Yeah, and he still did that. It definitely should have been him. I know Michael Parsons did great. I understand that if they rushed him as much as TJ Watt or Miles Garrett, the stats say that he would have 33 sacks. Isn't isn't his... I think his win, his rush, when he rushes, he hits the quarterback... 18% of the time or something Which might not like sound that. great, but it is That's crazy. one in every five times, basically. Yeah. He touches the quarterback. And his closing speed, as many people have said, fastest that I've ever seen in my life. Faster. He beat Tyreek Hill in a race. Yes, Tyreek wasn't trying, but he beat Nick Chubb, who is very, who's way more, way less big than him. He's not the same type of guy that Micah is. But anyway, I think that Micah had a great season. I think that if they did rush him, he would destroy the sack record. But the thing is, unfortunately, that Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones did not rush Michael Parsons like they should have. They did not let him be um, an outside linebacker where he rushes the passer as much as T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett do. And I think he could have really dis- disrupted the game, but he didn't. So that's why I have to give this award 
to TJ Watt. So I agree with what you said about TJ Watt. However, I disagree that if they blitzed Micah Parson more, he would have won. TU even, even he would have won the defensive player of the year. TJ Watt had 22 and a half sacks, which tied the record. Like you mentioned, should have had another one, but they didn't credit him for, I don't really remember the reason. I think maybe that it was a combined sack or something, or they gave it to the guy that touched the quarterback first. I can't exactly remember, but yes, TJ Watt should have won. Even if Micah Parsons had double the amount of, I mean, not double the amount of sacks, but if Micah Parsons had three interceptions, I still think that uh, TJ Watt would have, should have won the award, and that's I think that's exactly why he did. You can't make the case that Michael Parsons would have won. TJ Watt had I think the best the best season of a defensive end ever, and yes, I do think that because he finished that he finished it out. His team didn't have success, but he finished that out with a defensive player of the year, which is great to see. And then offensive defensive MVP, like you were uh, alluding to, offensive, rookie of the year. I mean rookie of the year, sorry. Offensive rookie of the year was Jamar Chase, and defensive rookie of the year was Michael Parsons. I think both of us are going to agree. Michael Parsons, yes, that was un- that should have been undisputed. I think Is that what you, you would yeah. say as well? Okay, and then offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. I'm interested to hear what you think about that. Yeah, I think that Jamar Chase was good. I think that's a good selection. He definitely should have won it. The great season that he had this year. It's really almost unprecedented in um, in rookie wide receivers history. I forget. Did he beat? Um, he passed. Are you talking about Justin? Justin Jefferson? Jefferson. Yes, he did. He passed it, and he had one. He passed it in the same amount of games. He didn't use that last game. Yeah. So he arguably had the best rookie wide receiver season ever, and I think that it's very it's it's very forsaken that he should have won this award. He definitely should have won this award, and there, I think ninety nine percent of the people in the audience would agree with me. Yeah, I also agree. Jamar Chase, I think he had over 1,400 receiving yards. I think he had 1,700, including the postseason, which is incredible. Um, and it's funny, actually. Both of the Cooper Cup is the number one, in including postseason, in yards. And Jamar Chase is two. They're so valuable to their team. You can't even, you can't even explain how valuable they are. So, yes, I do think Jamar Chase should have won. Ethan Driscoll is a 6'10 tackle for the Marshall Thundering Herd from Louisville, Kentucky, and just played in the New Orleans Bowl against nationally ranked Louisiana. He attended Holy Cross High School and started as a football and basketball player. On the football team, Mr. Driscoll played defensive tackle as well as on the offensive line, and he played center for the basketball team. Mr. Driscoll, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, guys. So how did you start to believe that you had a career in football? Um, I always had the size to play football and, you know, I just always loved it, but I was always, it was always my secondary sport when I was a basketball player. I always trained for basketball, always played AAU basketball, but towards my senior year, I started getting a little bit of attention from some schools and just decided to focus it on football. Yeah. And how were you able to balance with, I assume, AAU, high school basketball, high school football, and then all your schoolwork? How were you able to balance all of that? Um, so back in high school, I used to be one of the very first people at school. I was there at 545 every morning, you know, Monday through Friday, play a game on Friday night, and then I go on a recruiting visit on Saturday mornings. You know, it's just it's just the way it was and the long nights, hard practices. So I always kind of was able to get into school, get some extra tutoring and kind of manage my time like that. Yeah, and in high school for football, you played D tackle and on the offensive line. 
What are the similarities and differences in those two positions? Um, I would say the main difference is, you know, playing offensive line, you, you always kind of have to – you always have to be aware of your surroundings, I would say, you know. You never know what kind of pressure is coming. You always got to make the right reads or else the whole play could be blown. With defense, I was able to be around some other talented guys, and they were also be able to make plays, and that helped me out a lot. So I was always – I would say some similarities, you know, at the end of the day it's football. So playing aggressive and just giving everything you have. And do you think that since you played offensive and defensive tackle, for example, when you're playing offensive tackle, could you think like a defensive tackle and predict what they were doing and the same on the defensive tackle when you're playing defensive line? Oh, yeah, definitely. I use that to my advantage a lot because we would play bigger schools where they would only have offensive tackles, but they would only have defensive linemen. So I would be able to like think about, what would I do in this situation and kind of use that to my advantage? Yeah. And then obviously you were a two-way player, offense and defense. What are your thoughts on that in high school? I loved it in high school, you know, high school football is some of the greatest times of your life. And I, I loved it. I always loved being on the field for both making plays on either side. As a college football player now, I see little things like even in footwork and things like that that basketball actually helped me develop, you know, lateral quickness and just other aspects like that, jumping ability, explosiveness. I think always to get the most out of high school, do as much as you can, because I think it also builds connections, but it also helps you develop in other sports, such as like hand-eye coordination and baseball, or like I said, jumping, explosiveness, basketball or physicality and strength in football. For sure. And you always hear all the NFL players. I don't know how much you watch you watch the NFL, but you always hear about all the tight ends and wide receivers who use their basketball background, and then they just throw it up in the end zone. They say, the announcers always say, they use their boxing out skills to catch the ball. So I'm sure that was probably pretty helpful for you. Um, and then oh, yeah. you committed to play college football at Kentucky originally. How did you get to Marshall after that? Um, I was recruited by John Schlarman at Kentucky. He was the former offensive line coach there. He uh, recently passed away. Um, just a great guy, you know, but things just didn't work out. And Marshall wanted me real bad, and they told me. They were like, you know, you come here, and you're going to have a spot here. And so I was like, you know what, let's do it. Yeah, and many college athletes redshirt their first year in college how did that experience come about for you? Um, I mean, I, I needed the time to develop, definitely. I wasn't strong. I wasn't as fast. I wasn't just – I wasn't ready. The, you know, the transition from high school to college is night and day. You know, you're going against 24, 25-year-old men. You know, some of them are – some of them have families versus as an 18-year-old kid, you know, you're not – necessarily ready so I mean I think that red shirt year was probably the best thing for me in development wise and also maturity wise yeah and then last year you made a huge impact on special teams and you even blocked a kick so both Arsh and I believe special teams are really important and they're so undervalued in football today 
So can you explain that experience to our listeners? Well, that was great. Um, it was actually my first year ever getting any college playing time. So that was really cool. Um, I loved it. You know, special teams is such a huge overlooked aspect of football. And at Marshall, I know, especially Coach Springer, we do an, we do an amazing job focusing in on that, practicing that and everything. But that, that year that I blocked them, you know, I was still – I think I was 19 years old at the time. I was just young and I was big, so they were like, hey, we're going to try this out. And I had uh, the Cowboys left tackle Josh Ball with me. So yeah. he always he also really helped me out there a lot too. So yeah, we're Cowboys fans, so we've heard a lot about him because they drafted him in I think the third round. Arch, I think that was when they drafted him. And then Marshall recently played in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. So what are bowls like for you, and can you describe that experience for us? You know, bowls are a great time, especially for college athletes, because you know you really get to you really get to bond with your teammates. You know, outside of football. So during the regular season, you know, you have your regular college classes and your college schedule. And then, like, after that, some guys will hang out. Some guys will just go back and, you know, go do their homework or go hang out with their girlfriends. But the bowl game, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you're getting away from everything. You know, you're going you're going down to Louisiana. You have three or four days to hang out with all your friends. You know, you got practice. You got meetings. But after those, you're literally just stuck with your teammates. So I think bowls are really a great thing. Like, I think it's really nice to be able to develop all these memories and all these events you get to do. And I think that it helps a lot with, like, like the bonding of a team. Yeah. And what advice do you offer aspiring kids aiming to play for college football or in the NFL? Uh, my advice would be just give it everything you have. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Um, work hard. Do the extra things. Um, yeah, and just give everything you have. Yeah, and that's great advice considering I would say, I don't know how much you would consider yourself, but I think you followed that when you showed up at school really early before school hours and then just – put your heart into everything in football and basketball and schoolwork. So thank you so much for that advice. And then thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate your time and talking to us about your sports career thus far and good luck next season when you guys play your games. Mm -hmm.